Welcome to Library Media Chatter, the podcast that refuses to take a winter break. Yeah. Uh, quick update from the last podcast. Oh, uh, in man, the last podcast, we talked about World Citizen Comics, and we told you that we would refuse to look up whether or not they were all real books that were adapted, like traditional books that were adapted, uh, or if any of them were um, strictly graphic novels. And one of our intrepid listeners, uh, who is always has our back, uh, oh. the great Margaret, wrote yeah. in to let us know that uh, two of the books are definitely actual traditional books that were adapted. Uh, that's What Unites Us, which is the Dan Rather book, uh, and Fault Lines in the Constitution. So those two for sure uh, are traditional books that were adapted into graphic novels by World Citizen Comics. Um, the other books were not. Uh, and Margaret also wanted to point out that we should all buy them for our libraries. They are good additions to every library. So thank you, Margaret. I think I mentioned that What Unites Us is like one of her favorite books. And Fault Lines in the Constitution is another of her favorite books. So well, I know. It, it worked out. It really did. Yeah. It's good that we have such great listener yeah. to contact us and let us know the things that we yeah. will not look up uh, via the Googles. No, no. We leave that to you. Yeah. So, Greg, this is our December podcast, which means a time of gift giving and receiving. So, Greg, what is the one library gift you are most hoping for this season? Yeah, I'm really hoping that Santa will bring me uh, and leave under the tree... Yep. A, a functioning, reliably functioning set of RFID gates. Oh, yeah. I mean, ours work and we have like the service contract. So I probably should just have someone come out, but they've come out before and uh, the sensors work like one in eight times, you yeah. know, and uh, fortunately or unfortunately, we aren't really having a problem with books sneaking out of the library. <laughs> but, as far as you um, know. But the, I, if we have the gates, I would like them to work. So Yeah, there you go. Yeah. That makes a lot of sense. What about you? What are you waiting for? Um, not the same thing, because both libraries that I work in got rid of those gates a few years ago. Yeah. Um, so it is just a free-for-all. Kids just, yeah. they just stand in the library and they just throw them through the yeah, doors I, and hope that nobody will see. Yeah. Uh, it's really Chaos. something to see. Yeah. yeah. Uh, being that I wrote the question, you'd think that I'd be somebody that had an answer for this. And I don't know that I do. Um, my, I think my answer would have been functioning RFID gates. It was, I was right there. Yeah. Uh, or for books to arrive in a more timely fashion. Oh, don't get uh, me started. Our, our previous order, our, our summer order to kind of get us rolling for the school year, uh, came in several shipments more yeah. than normal and took a little longer than normal. Yeah. And last year we had the same thing. Uh, but we placed a winter order. And in one of the buildings, I've already gotten two of the boxes of books um, and they came within a few weeks, maybe less than three weeks from when I like it's the quickest it's ever been. That's good. Uh, so maybe my gift came early. My gift was uh, more books yeah. quicker and they are here. Well, good. I'm glad they came quicker. I find this business model will to be deeply frustrating and like such a middleman legacy of like yeah i mean of the not even the early or the mid 20th century like it's just it's awful and ridiculous and 
if I were smart, if I were a smarter and more motivated person, I would uh, millennial it and solve the problem that isn't really a problem, you know, yeah. by like creating some tech startup. Yeah. But I am lazy and I'm not motivated yeah. and I will not be doing that. I'll, I'll be honest. My laziness um, is only helped out by the fact that when those books arrive, they're fully processed. I can download the well, records. Yeah. I don't have to do anything. Yeah. <laughs> Every I time mean... I get a book, otherwise I'm like, oh, do I have to catalog this myself? Holy moly. Yeah, no, I know. So I know. It's, I'll wait it, as long as it takes. I know. <laughs> apparently. I know. Uh, speaking of gifts, the gift that never stops giving, the gift that is always a winner. Greg, what are you reading? I am reading Leviathan Wakes, which is the first book in the Expanse series by James S.A. Corey. Oh, I like the and, two middle initials. Yeah, well, it's because it's actually two people. They write oh. together under one pseudonym. Yeah. And uh, I think I asked you this before we started recording. So if you're not familiar, if that book doesn't sound familiar, you might recognize the TV show that's named after the series, which is The Expanse. It was on Sci-Fi Channel for a while. And then it's one of those series that like got picked up by a you know online streaming. So Amazon picked it up and gave okay. it a few more seasons. It's a great show. It's a great, um, it's a great book. And the ser- I haven't read the rest of the series, but the book is fantastic. And I think that it's one of those ones that you could buy for your high school sci-fi collection and count on someone reading it. Like it's yeah. huge. Um, it's one of those like epic space opera, but it's got it's got really good science and really good politics. And anyway, just a great, yeah. uh, great book start to the series. And of, with a TV tie-in, I think you have higher odds of circulating it. You know? Sure. So, yeah, so well, recommended. And I think there's definitely uh, a group of sci-fi and fantasy readers who only want the books yes, that the are doorstops. Yeah. Yes, exactly. And they want seven of them yes. in the series yes. that are all exactly. 800 pages. Yeah. Otherwise, they're like, I don't know, I could I could read this in a couple of days. No, thank you. And I think this is an eight book series that's complete. Oh, so it's not even but like you could get the first one, you know, yeah. and it's an award winner. Um, But you could get the first one and just see how it does, because it's uh anyway, like I, I've already said yeah. all my reasons. But yeah, it's one of those series that I think will have kind of enduring appeal for the next, you know, 10 years, five to 10 years. So, yeah, that's awesome. Yeah. Yeah. What about you? What are you reading? Uh, Well, so I'm going to talk about two things really quickly. One is that I read, based on the What is Greg Reading recommendation, I read All Systems Red, um, and I enjoyed it quite a bit. Good. Uh, That murder bot didn't do as much murdering as I had hoped. Uh, Well. Don't let that turn you away from this. I I did not tell people that because I wanted it. Yeah. But. Uh, cool setting for the story. Yeah. Uh, very interesting perspective for this to be kind of like a, a like a cyborg human hybrid yeah. kind of yeah. thing. Uh, the technology in it is really interesting. Okay. I I'd love to see this made into a movie or yeah. TV. Probably a TV show would be better. Yeah. Uh, just because I want to visualize some of the stuff that I was reading and going. All right, what does that look like, though? Yeah, like, I think I know what it looks like, but I'd really like to see what somebody else says. Yeah, yeah. Like. Um, oh, that's cool. So, and again, as Greg said, super quick read, uh, something that you'll you'll dive into and enjoy. 
So I just wanted to second that recommendation. Nice. I'm glad uh, you enjoyed it. Form. Yeah, it was That's excellent. awesome. Yeah. Uh, the uh, speaking of quick reads, the book that I'm that I, I just finished that I read uh, for thinking about today was "Ain't Burned All the Bright" uh, by Jason Reynolds and Jason Griffin. It is, I mean, it's a Jason Reynolds book. So if you're listening to this, you are a high school or middle school or maybe elementary school librarian. So you've definitely heard of Jason Reynolds. You've probably read a lot of Jason Reynolds. Mm -hmm. uh, this one did not disappoint as far as oh, I was God, concerned. It. It's a story told, and he says it in the the kind of lead up in it, that like it's three breaths. Oh. So you get kind of one long run on sentence almost. Oh. That works is like breath one. Yeah. Um, and there's art that is part of it. So it's not really a a novel in verse, because it's not really a novel. Yeah. Um, it's it's not exactly a poem with art, but it kind of works that way. Uh just really interesting, visually striking, um, because it's not. It's not visuals that are made to tell a clear story. So Jason Griffin, I think, was allowed himself the freedom to kind of what's the emotion of what's happening here and how do I communicate that gotcha. uh, as a as a companion to it, as opposed to being like, I just stated in this kind of poetic language that my mom is watching television. OK, let me depict a mom sitting yeah. on the couch watching television. That's uh, really refreshing because yes. I think a lot of illustration tends toward that like the yes. representative you know yes. yeah and and this certainly plays because it's not a narrative it's not yeah. um it's not like his what was it the long way down yeah um where you're telling a story of this thing that's going on yeah uh, but really i just i just found it very really moving uh again a quick read and would be an interesting thing i think for you have your students that are into art you have your students that are into poetry you have teachers that are looking for multi-genre ways to tell stories or have students create yeah. projects yeah. that are not just let me write an essay or let me let me paint a picture, but how do you put those things together into an interesting something? Yeah, um, that's so, really cool. Yeah, if you don't already have Ain't Burned All the Bright, uh, definitely pick that one up. I don't know that it'll circulate like the way that you're talking about Leviathan Wakes, uh, but I think you'll find a home for it and those people will be really happy that they read it. It feels like one of the, when I when you are talking about it, the first thing I think of is taking that to a language arts teacher and saying, show this to your kids as a way to do their reader's journal. You know, like yeah. here's another example of what it might look like, because I feel like it's hard to find quality examples of yeah. like images responding to text that aren't yes. just here's my mom watching TV. Yes. Yeah, just that direct. Yeah. Yeah. So well, that's just where my mind went when I heard that. I very much enjoy it. I think it could yeah. work for a lot of teachers. So hopefully we have that, but I haven't read it. I just remember looking at, I remember flipping through it and seeing yeah. the illustrations. I had uh, a hard time cataloging it. Yeah. Uh, Cause it came in the one building, I guess we had pre-marked it as we just assumed it was general fiction. Okay. And in the other one, it came in like eight eleven. Okay. Or something like that. I think it was eight eleven, And I, I ended up, I think in both libraries, I just left them in eight eleven because yeah. if I was, teaching and somebody's like oh i found this general realistic fiction book that would not be the thing that would work for most yeah. reading um and if i said i was looking for a novel in verse i don't know that it's a novel enough mm -hmm. uh, to get that across so yeah 
I don't know. I'll have to was, check was where cool. we put it because I don't remember off the top of my head. But well, yeah. again, we are a podcast of cliffhangers. So be ready for an update at the top of the January episode as we filled you in at the top of this one for a thing that you uh, forgot we talked about last yeah. time. Sometimes we like to string them along for a few episodes, like with yes. my 500s purchase. You know, yes. that was a good. Uh, and Noah Wiley, I am still uh, reaching out to his people. I'm still fair. trying to bring him yeah, in. Yeah, so fair. We'll see when that happens. See when that happens. <laughs> All right. We're going to take a quick commercial break and we will be right back. This episode is brought to you by the Dewey Decimal number 423, which means it's time for the favorite game of every reindeer but Blitzen, Do We Know Our Dewey? Oh my gosh. I'm going to name books with call numbers that start 423. Greg is going to guess what that section is all about. Greg, are you ready? Ready. All right, highlights from this Dewey number include The Facts on File Dictionary of Clichés by Christine Ammer, Descriptionary, by Mark McCutcheon mm. and the Scholastic Dictionary of Synonyms, Antonyms, and Homonyms. Greg, what is the theme of this section? Man, so when I hear 400s, I think of, you know, languages, and I know we have, like, our purchase, we, our 400 section is pretty small, and our only purchases I think I've done in that recently have been, like, some foreign language readers that we bought for Spanish, and then you know, like a few other kind of miscellaneous English language books. I want to say like dictionaries and thesauri is like the theme of this. Pretty good. So that's my guess. Pretty good. So according to, uh, speaking of other things that we brought up last episode that are paying oh, up right. here, yeah. uh, Bridgewater College's website. So if you go to yeah. libguides.bridgewater.edu, yeah. Slash call numbers slash Dewey. I'll say that again in a minute because you couldn't possibly rewind. Um, <laughs> they have a really extensive thing on every section of the of the Dewey hundreds. Uh, they referred to it as dictionaries of standard English. Okay. So what what I, I thought was, was interesting track. here. Yes. Yeah. No. You. I, as far as I'm concerned, Greg knocked it out of the park. Um, <laughs> What I thought was really interesting in this section when I was browsing uh, in my the schools that I'm in is like you kind of the only things I can remember buying recently for that was uh, sign language dictionary. Oh, yeah. Because we had a we couple some of teachers those that well. had asked yeah. and we didn't have them in one of the schools. And I went, oh, well, yeah, that makes yes, we should have that. Um, but finding the thing like the dictionary of cliches um, or yeah. descriptionary, like these books that are a little bit more fun. Yeah, uh, maybe a little bit more than just a dictionary. Or we have a lot of like French to English, Russian to English. German we do have some of those as well. Yeah, these titles uh, you listed sound cool. Yeah, it's an area that's very easily overlooked um, yeah. by patrons and librarians alike. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> uh, yeah. But there's probably some cool stuff out there uh, that if you if you want to build that up a little bit, there's some things there to find. Um, I have found that like when I'm more purposeful. As with my 500 purchases, yeah, and like actually dig through what a vendor is offering me in a Dewey range, I tend to find things that I think have a chance of circulating, yeah, that I didn't know would be in there, and so this is a great example of that. Yeah, so great job, Dewey, uh, sending us along 423. Great I do want to one more time. It's libguides.bridgewater.edu/slash/call-numbers/slash/Dewey. Bookmark that page. Uh, it's a fun thing to refer back to, even if you're not making a podcast with uh, fake commercials in it. 
that had a real uh, 90s vibe, you reading out the URL like that. Yeah. Like, you know, like we haven't had to do uh, sorry, that in a long time. Sorry, it's HTTPS forward slash. colon forward slash forward yeah. slash. I did Start your modems those. up now. Yes. Well, <laughs> I feel one of those uh, insurance commercials where it's like you're turning into your parents. Yeah. And they're yeah. like, oh, you don't have to leave a voicemail. That's what I just well, did. Well, you do like to refer you. to yourself as a middle-aged man. I, very much so, Greg. We are yeah. two, just two middle-aged yeah, guys. I know. I don't appreciate minus, being grouped in on that. <laughs> minus one, I think, is how yeah. we could sell this. So thanks to Dewey number 423 for sponsoring this episode. <laughs> Welcome back. It is time for the favorite section of all the who's down in Whoville. What are you hooing? And Dan gave me Absolutely that. I love it. it so much. What are you hooing? Absolutely. And so we're going to start with Dan. So Dan, what are you hooing? <laughs> <in your library? laughs> I um, We are, uh, as kind of always, in a constant state of rearranging and arranging and whatever, uh, everything in the library. Um, yeah, we are never not thinking that we have a better place where that section could go or mm -hmm. where this furniture could be, or maybe this would circulate a little bit better if, or what if we relabeled that, uh, just constantly, uh, rearranging. It happened in one of my buildings this year. Uh, I'm working with a new librarian and she came in, uh, kind of ready to to try some new stuff out. And after talking to, I spent a lot of last year talking with the uh, the librarian that was retiring with uh, Kathy. And she had a lot of like, yeah, I've, I've tried things over here and we've tried things over there and I think this might work. And so I kind of got a lot of good ideas that way. Uh, and then when Jess came in, kind of ready to roll, uh, we've moved so much stuff. And then we got new furniture. Okay. So then it was like, and we that we did not expect. It was not furniture that we purchased. It was furniture that was given to us. Okay. And it was nicer and it was newer. And you okay. don't want to say no to that stuff. Right. Uh, so then it became, okay, well, we thought we knew how this was laid out, but now we have all this new stuff. Okay, how do we incorporate that? And just always yeah. looking for what's the best layout? What's the better place to put those things? Where might students find that kind of stuff? So let me ask you about moving the books. Like when yeah. you say you're always moving sections. So like in our library, it would be difficult to do that to some extent because right now the genres are, the fiction genres are arranged alphabetically. Sure. Uh, the nonfiction goes zero, zero, zero on one side of the library yeah. to nine, nine, nine on the other side. So I'm imagining like zero, 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 800 surprise. Yeah. <laughs> like, yeah. What is it? What does that look like for you when you, so when you say that? Uh, in one of our in one of my libraries, it is set up similar to what you're talking about, where the fiction genres, you kind of don't have a choice. Okay. Um, it is all very similar shelving that works its way from one side of the room to the other. Okay. Um, and so that one, we eliminated a genre uh, just this past week that Gosh, wasn't really circulating. That. Yeah, I really kind of, like it. Yeah. It was one of those like we were down to maybe 20 books in it. Because things just weren't circulating or yeah. we were, let's find this a better home. Yeah. Uh, so by getting rid of that, it kind of moved, it shifted some things. Um, so that one, in the one library, as far as fiction goes, it's a little bit less of that. Okay. Um, although we did break the alphabet in order to keep something where we wanted it. Gotcha. Um, because by, so we got rid of our comedy section. 
Um, yeah, we which, got rid of humor. That's the okay. one we got rid of. Yeah. So on our, I know a lot of a lot of buildings do their genreification a little bit differently. Ours is done on the spine label. It says F. So for comedy, it was FC. Okay. So fiction comedy, uh, and then it gets a, a colored spine label like cover that goes over it. So yeah. you can see like fantasy is FF and it's yellow. You can see all of those. Gotcha. Um, by getting rid of FC, we wanted to change our what was called. And this is the other building. We did this previously. Uh, we got rid of comedy first. And uh, Sandy was very much on the bandwagon of like our classic literature was called timeless. Oh, because that's so romantic. Well, so yeah. well. That it'd be lovely if that's why, but I, yeah. I my assumption is you couldn't call comedy humor because historical fiction existed. So oh, that was F-H. you're talking about the letter, right? Yes. F-H. You only, so you, you only have, have one to, FH. Yes. One so FC. FH is historical. Yeah. Comedy humor has to be FC, mm. and classics can't be FC. So that had to be timeless. Yeah. So which makes we, time travel a difficult genre to very hard to figure yeah. out where those go. Yeah. Um. So we we had a new spot for timeless like we had kind of rearranged things a little bit but we liked where the timeless was uh and it would not fit (laughs) where comedy was by any stretch yeah so we just said we're the only two people in the library that are going to (laughs) care that this is not that this one section is not alphabetically correct so we just did the change and we made it fc uh as classic and that's still kind of where time where ft would have fit alphabetically. So we did move. That's interesting because when we got rid of humor, we did move them some things around and we actually moved our classics out of the main genre collection. Okay. And they're in a separate room because we just have so few. Yeah. We might have five circulations from classics in a year, you know? Yeah. What was interesting. Um, so we had moved a lot of stuff around and our timeless sports and verse we're all kind of in this weird corner that the sports kids would go to and timeless and verse were never getting checked out mm-hmm. because they were just kind of buried. So we didn't like this corner anyway. It's a weird place to have books. So we ended up having these freestanding shelves that were in a good spot. So instead of just being down the one wall, it now makes an L. Uh, and so sports timeless or now classic and verse were more out in the open where you could see them better. Mm-hmm. And we put on the top of the timeless classics. Uh, we have those drop caps. Oh yeah. That are really colorful. They stand yeah. out, whatever we had six or seven of those. So those are all forward facing, like on book stands on the top. Yeah. We've already circulated more timeless since making that those two moves oh, wow. than we had at all previously. Okay, cool. And our verse fiction is also circulating more because it's more visible. Yeah. Oh, very cool. Well, maybe um, we need to think about that. Yeah. So it good. was like having a little bit more flexibility. We allowed ourselves that. In the other mm-hmm. library, there is no there's no uh alphabetical order. Okay. That we have to follow because it's a bunch of kind of weird places where things can go. Okay. So we just kind of move things based on uh, space needs. Yeah. And what we think circulate or like, okay, nobody's finding this. What if we move it here where like the the kids that read sports books are going to find sports books because for a lot of them, it's the only book that they want to read. So, all right, we're going to put sports in a less visible spot. 
and move the thing that was kind of hidden in that spot to a more visible place. Okay. And see if that increases circulation. Okay. Um, we did yeah. the same like with manga and graphic novels and um, story collections. We've kind of moved those around to make them more visible. Uh, except, well, not in uh, uh, the one library, we made manga very hard to find. Not hard to find, but they're in kind of a buried spot because our manga readers find manga. Well, it's like the grocery store, you put the milk all the way in the back, right? Yes. Like, yeah, I'm coming in for milk. I yeah. know what I'm getting. I know what's going on. I know where yeah. the milk is. So, yes, that's a perfect version of that. So, um, yeah. So just kind of constantly making those changes. I know. And I just for the sake of time, I won't spend a whole lot of time on this, but we've done very similar things with um, the furniture, moving things around and trying some new configurations. So it's interesting to hear I, it, for us, it's been more about behavior and yes. uh, we've had some good improvements with that. So um, we can talk more about that in another episode, but um, oh, that'd it's be cool great. to hear. Yeah. So it's cool furniture to hear what... coming at you at a future point. Yeah. <laughs> be ready. Yeah. yeah. Uh, which we'll is be perfect waiting. because in one of the buildings I'm working in, we are putting together a plan to purchase new furniture. So, oh, nice. Uh, that will be just constantly updated. Yeah. Okay. So let's jump right in. I don't want to spend any more time here because otherwise I'm going to waste all the time on furniture talk now and well, yeah. a future episode. Listen, we've all been there. Yeah. So, so let's get into the reader's nook. Uh, this month's episode, we are looking at one of the dogwoods. It's called Chasing the Truth which is uh, adapted by Ruby Shamir from the uh, book She Said by uh, Jody Cantor and Megan Tuohy, which was a best-selling book about the Harvey Weinstein case. Mm -hmm. uh, and this adapted version, Chasing the Truth, is adapted for a young adult audience and is meant to give you a little bit more uh, insight into the process of how not just this case went down, but investigative journalism works in general um so it's chasing the truth greg your thoughts on this one i loved it it's my favorite dogwood i've read probably in two years oh wow oh yeah i thought it was like fresh um it's recent right it's current yeah it's relevant it's well written the um i my it's not a gripe because that's the nature of the book it is but that in some ways i found the introduction like so ripping and interesting because it's talking about kind of their investigative work before they got to the Harvey Weinstein case. Yeah. That there were so many other things I wanted to hear about. Like I yeah. wish this was, <laughs> like, because it's because the book, this version, the young adult reader version is not pitched. It's not presented the cover, the title. Yeah. As she said, right. It's not correct. Presented as their work on the Harvey Weinstein case. I wish it had been about all of their investigative work. And not yeah. just that investigation. The trade-off is you get a much more in-depth sense of their work on a major piece of investigative journalism. So, I mean, yes. I understand the trade-off, but that's really my, I mean, I thought the advice was good. I thought the way it was, it spoke to teenagers about like real things they could investigate was good. And the last thing I'll say, because I know we're short on time for this episode is, you know, I wish my journalism teacher would do something with this and I'm going to try really hard, but I, Anyway, I don't know. We'll see. Yeah. Because just like a couple of weeks ago, I had students interviewing me, interviewing other staff because of administration's decisions to take down uh, items with LGBTQ representation. 
And the it was a fantastic piece of investigative journalism that these 15 and 16 year olds did right now, like, you know, yeah. about an issue that matters right now. And um, now it had to go like three pages after all the stuff about sports. Sure. In, in classic high school newspaper fashion. Sure. But they did a great job. So I just again, like I said, probably the best dogwood I've read in well, since the dogwood started, I think. Yeah. So what do you think? No, I liked it quite a bit as well. I thought um, my my I, calling it a gripe again. Yeah, doesn't make a ton of sense. I was reading it, going, okay, I just have to find journalism students to read this. Well, true. because I'm, you're yeah. not going to get random. I don't think a lot of random kids are going to go. Oh, I can't wait to right. read about this. Yeah, um, true. But no, I agree. I feel like it moved quicker than I thought it yes. would. I, yeah. I assumed it would be a little slower paced, uh, and it was not. It moved well. It kept me interested the whole time. Um, I was a high school journalism kid. So like, ooh, there's that little bit of me that's still, yeah. this is neat. And I, I'm yeah. interested in how the sausage gets made in this case. Like, what's the process to how do you get to uh, the end here? Yeah. Um, and it's going to be a movie. It's coming out, uh, I think, this month, if it's not already out. It might have been I, did out see, I didn't know when it was coming out. But yeah, I think that's cool. So yeah, check that out. Uh, read the book. Let us know if you have any thoughts on it or any of these other wonderful things that we've talked about just um, once and one side note is if your yeah. journalism teacher isn't interested or you don't have a journalism class program school newspaper whatever it could be a great expository yes you know piece yes. um because one of the things that i think they they try to address is that this goes beyond traditional media and new traditional yeah. news reporting and traditional <clears throat> journalism and so like you could do assignments where kids investigate something and do a blog post or yeah. do a Twitter, you know, anyway. So anyway, I feel like there are a lot of ways to find uses for this and it's got great practical tips in there. Yeah, no, that's great. All right, we're going to take a quick commercial break and we will be right back. This episode of Library Media Chatter is brought to you by Sandy's House of Fake Fireplaces. Do you wish your library had an actual fireplace but don't want to have open flames in a room filled with paper? <laughs> At Sandy's House of Fake Fireplaces, we can make you a fireplace display so cozy you can feel the warmth all the way to the circ desk. Stop by our showroom to have a look for yourself. Thank you, Sandy's House of Fake Fireplaces, for sponsoring this episode. All right, welcome back to the podcast. We have just enough time for What's Next, where we highlight a new book we are excited about but have not yet read. Dan, what is next? So the book that I'm hoping to read in the next little bit is called That's My Team, The History, Science, and Fun Behind Sports Teams Names by Paul Volponi. Uh, Paul Volponi writes a lot of YA sports books. And so this is uh, a nonfiction that is all about kind of exploring how these teams came up with mm -hmm. their names. Mm -hmm. uh, and the, the description says... Uh, that you'll kind of dig into history, science, literature, math, and a slew of other subjects uh, through the lens of notable sports teams. That sounded really interesting and like a yeah. thing that I could probably sell to kids pretty easily. Uh, and I love sports stuff. So having that kind of random trivia would be fun for me just, just as a human being. That sounds awesome. That sounds like a really good, I don't, I didn't have that on my radar. So thank you. Yeah, no problem. That's a good one. That's my team by Paul Volponi. And with that, Remember, read responsibly, use a bookmark.